Welcome to Sullivan's Pro Football Kickoff. It's about the Bills and the beer. Now, here's your host, John Murphy. Well, hi there. Good to be with you again. I'm John Murphy, play-by-play voice of the Buffalo Bills, and this is Sullivan's Pro Football Kickoff. Each week, we spend a little time talking about the NFL, usually the Buffalo Bills, and a little bit of time talking about uh, beer. In many cases, Sullivan's uh, Maltings Irish Red Ale, Sullivan's Irish Gold Ale, Sullivan's Black Marble Stout. They are the sponsors of this podcast. Missed last week, and I missed doing a podcast last week. I uh, was uh, positive for COVID. Never got any bad symptoms. Really didn't. Had sniffles, a little bit of a cough, fatigued. But I tested positive, so I had to sit out for a week. Missed the Bills-Jets game. Not much of a game, I might add. But I was back last week for the debacle against the Colts. And, of course, I'm ready to go this week for the Bills game at New Orleans. Ready to go the rest of the way, I would hope. And we've got a good uh, podcast for you coming up uh, this week. We're going to talk in a moment with Scott Norwood. Scott Norwood, kicker for the Buffalo Bills Super Bowl era, including the guy who missed the 47-yarder wide right that would have won Super Bowl 25. He is defined, I think, by much more than that. And we're going to try to bring that to you, what he's all about, his perspective on the miss in Super Bowl 25, his perspective on his great career in the NFL, seven years with the Buffalo Bills. Scott Norwood has some interesting things to say, and we'll talk with him on today's podcast. Also got to talk about this year's Buffalo Bills, the 2021 Buffalo Bills. They're in a, a tough spot right now, but look, the season is not over. I, I detect a lot of fans have uh, thrown in the towel, think uh, the sky is falling, the end is near. It is not. Let me just start out by saying there is a long, long way to go. A long way to go. Yes, the, the Bills lost a tough one, 6-4 and four now, but seven games remain. That's just about half a season left to go. Seven games remaining. And I ask this question, and you can answer however you like. Let's talk to yourself if you want. So the Bills are 6-4, and four, not playing well. They've lost two of their last three, uh, Jacksonville, and then the win at the Jets, and then, of course, Indianapolis. But who is the best team in the AFC right now? Who is the best team in the conference? Who is it? Is it the Patriots, winners of five in a row? I don't think so, not with a rookie quarterback. I think they're playing well. I think the Bills have to beat them, probably beat them twice. Who is the best team in the AFC? Is it the Baltimore Ravens? Uh, I don't think so. Who would it be? Out West? Is it Kansas City? Maybe Kansas City came up with a, a decent performance. I don't know. I think the Bills arguably remain the most talented, the best team in the AFC. I think they have the potential to win the conference still. Now, it's going to be an issue because they've lost four games and all of them are in the conference. Hosting a, a, a playoff games is going to be tough. It's tough to lose four or more and still host playoff games, and especially when you get down to the AFC Championship game. That really is the the biggest uh, takeaway I took from the loss to the Colts, the fact that the uh, home games, the home playoff games, may be slipping away. They cannot lose any more in the AFC. But I do think with the talent they have, with the high-powered offense they have, with the number one defense in the league they still have, even after giving up all those points to Indianapolis, they remain the number one defense in the NFL. I think the Bills probably are still the team to beat in the conference. We'll see. They have to play better. They have to play better. It is incredible to me that the Bills' top-ranked defense was trampled by the Indianapolis Colts. Really, they were run over. And the Colts had the formula of how to do it. And look, there's a great story on the website, the Buffalo News website, by Jim Kubiak, former Navy quarterback, former Arena Football League quarterback, who does a deep dive into the, st the statistics and the strategy of each Bills game. 
And I think he kind of nailed it this week. I invite you to take a look at it on the Buffalo News website. Kubiak said the Colts are following what has become the template for beating the Buffalo Bills. I mean, the Steelers did it to a certain extent in week one. Certainly uh, the Tennessee Titans uh, did it. Uh, Jacksonville did it. And the, the Colts perfected it. It's a physical game. I think the Bills have been out-physicaled in each one of their games. And by that, I mean they're getting beaten in the run game on defense. They were sure, certainly beaten by the Colts running offense this past Sunday and beaten up uh, on the other side of the ball as well. I mean, defensively, they've got to find a way to run the ball. And this is what Kubiak writes about, and he's right. They've got to find a way to run the ball. Look, I know that they have tremendous weapons in the passing game, Josh Allen and his receiving core. They should be a pass-first offense. They should be. But they need to find a way to run the ball more effectively. They really do. To control the game, not just not to win the game. You can't win a game just by running the ball. But you've got to be balanced. And the Bills are out of whack, out of balance offensively. They need to find a way to run the ball better. Now they're missing two starters on the offensive line. Okay, that's got to get better, and, and the, the backups and the guys in there are not uh, doing all that much to help matters right now. On the other side of the ball, well, before I leave the offense, let me talk about Josh Allen, and, and Kubiak points this out. The more they struggle to run the ball, the more pressure is put on Josh Allen, and you know what? He's still a work in progress. I know he's got the big money. I know he's in you know a, a new year. He's been around for a while now. He's still a work in progress, and he's, I think he feels the weight of the team on his shoulders trying to make plays. The first interception he threw to uh, the Colts last Sunday was evidence of that, right? They had a third and three at the 28-yard line that a couple of plays later was a third and uh, 18 because of penalties, and Josh forces the pass downfield because he feels like, I got to do this. I got to carry this. No one else is doing anything. The line is not pass blocking. The line's picking up penalties, a hold and a false start. We don't have much of a running game. I got to do this. And he is uh, not always capable of doing that. Sometimes he is. That's how good he is. Sometimes he can carry the team, lift the team on the shoulders, and, and then go ahead and win. And, but not all the time. And I think he's feeling a little bit of that pressure, which accounts for some of his uh, throws this past Sunday. They've got to be more balanced on offense. Uh, and it's hard to do when you've got two starters out on the offensive line. Um, some people have suggested that Zach Moss should sit down for a while. I don't know about that. I think Zach Moss has something to offer. Look, they don't have a great running back, but they have three, and now Matt Breida is in the mix. Three running backs who can all do things, and they have certain skill sets. And I think for short yardage between the tackles, a couple of yards, I think Zach Moss is the guy. He's not playing well the last couple of weeks, but I wouldn't sit him down. Who are you going to replace him with? There's nobody out there who you can replace him with right now. I think they have a three-headed monster at running back. None of them are, are really a premier running back. They're all pretty good and all have a skill set. And I no, I would not uh, sit down Zach Moss. Got into a, a discussion about this with uh, Joe Biscaglia from TheAthletic.com on the Channel 7 show I do. And I, I told him, it's a mistake. Don't sit anybody down. Don't sit Zach Moss down. He has something to offer. And, of course, as usual, things show up on Twitter and people respond. Uh, I think most people who respond on Twitter, I don't think even saw the show and didn't give themselves a minute to listen to my point, or Joe's point for that matter. I mean, somebody tweeted in, Murphy's in denial. Denial about what? I saw how badly they were beaten by the Colts. I know how they were trampled, how they were run over. I see how ineffective their rushing offense is. I'm not in denial about that. I see it. I feel it. I see it going wrong. But I'm, I, I, I do deny that they're done that Zach Moss should be thrown to the curb. I deny that. That shouldn't happen. They've got a ways to go. And that's the last point I want to make about the Bills right now. Seven games left. 
more than half a season. I still think, despite the problems running the ball on offense, the problems stopping the run on defense, I still think they are among the best, if not the best team in the AFC. And so they move on with an important game Thanksgiving night in, th- in uh, New Orleans against the Saints. Five and five Saints, they've lost three in a row. They've got issues of their own. I think the Bills are the better team, but they've got to show it. Uh, they can't afford too many more losses and certainly no more losses in the AFC moving forward. All right, so we've talked about this year's Bills. We're going to go back into history a little bit and talk about the Super Bowl Bills with one of the key players from that era. Former Bills kicker Scott Norwood joins us next as we continue with Sullivan's Pro Football Kickoff. The Sullivan's Pro Football Podcast and one of my favorite all-time Buffalo Bills on the line with us, a former Bills kicker. Spent seven seasons with the Bills, part of the Super Bowl uh, Bills era. Made the Pro Bowl in 1988. Former Bills kicker Scott Norwood with us. Scott, how are you? Good to talk to you. Doing very good, John. Uh, it's, it's great to see you, and I uh, appreciate the favorite comment. Uh, I think uh, <laughs> I was just thinking before I, I got online here with you that uh, we've known each other a good, good while. We got our starts there back in Fredonia. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, I want to talk to you about pre-Buffalo Bills, your career in the U- – well, let me start with that. The USFL, because Uf- USFL, there's a new one coming up. I think next year they're going to start. You came from the old USFL, the Birmingham Stallions. And as I was thinking about this – uh, really a lot of good players were in that league, including yourself and Jim Kelly, uh, Kent Hull. I mean, it, it's kind of a good proving ground for guys who want to make it to the NFL, isn't it? Uh, a great, great term to call it proving ground. It gave me, uh, gave me that showcase opportunity, chance to, uh, you know, again, prove that I could uh, kick, do the position. I had a short stint there with the Atlanta uh, Falcons uh, during training camp. They had, kicker in that was rookie of the year there and uh, he was entrenched so wasn't getting him out got a little opportunities down that region they signed me and and it, it was that uh, a proving ground great great chance to uh, get a chance to kick and some people saw me kick and and one of them was bill polian who was also uh, in the usfl right. administrative uh, you know executive type position with uh, chicago and marvel levy so uh, there's a lot of uh, entanglement there. You know, Jim yeah. Kelly as well. He played USFL. So it was a great experience. And you had to kind of work your way into it, getting to the Buffalo Bills. I was reading a story about how you uh, and your father helped you. You kicked like almost every day down there in Virginia after you had uh, graduated from James Madison. You, you kept after it for a couple of years, huh? Uh, absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I really uh, developed myself late. Uh, I did not start kicking until uh, I was a senior in high school. So I was working hard there at JMU uh, and had a good opportunity to get in there and uh, uh, show my, show myself as a free agent in the Falcons. That was, that was a, probably the most tremendous break, which led to USFL, which, you know, linked to the, uh, the NFL ultimately, but uh, it was fate. Uh, uh, interesting story there that, uh, that I got a chance to, to kick there. Buffalo training camp, a lot of kickers that, uh, you know, I got injured actually. Second year down USFL rehabbing, they brought a kicker in. So, you know, what am I going to do? I'll, I'll go ahead and give this NFL a shot. They'll, they'll sign me up there. That's that's great. Ten other kickers, no problem. I did get injured. You know who designed the play? Who, uh, the guy came around, tried to block a kick of mine, hit my knee. Uh, in the USFL game, it was uh, Bruce DeHaven was a special teams yeah. coach on the other side. I think it was the Maulers. Yeah, and uh, yep. he designed a play to try to try to block me. And, and later we uh, we met once again there in Buffalo. It was uh, 
Uh, pretty fascinating, all little uh, things that tie together there back in that league. You just said something interesting. You came to Buffalo 85 at, at training camp at Fredonia, and you said uh, 10 kickers, no problem. Come on, how could that not be a problem in competition with 10 other kickers in camp? Well, uh, 10, 10 kickers, I think that uh, probably have a few more than uh, uh, what they needed for sure, but they, they were given an opportunity to everybody. Had, uh, had the incumbent there. Uh, and we had, uh, some, I guess, other USFL kickers, maybe one or two and some others with prior experience. Uh, one guy got injured early and, uh, but they, they whittled it down pretty quickly. So it, uh, it got real competitive there after, uh, a couple of weeks. And, uh, it was interesting that, uh, Bill Poling was really not, uh, uh, you know, too, too involved in, uh, the Buffalo Bills at that point. He was, uh, kind of on the fringes doing scouting and, yep. and and just starting in. And he was given the task of overseeing all the kickers. He was the one that ultimately made the, uh, made the election there and uh, put me on the squad. Wow. And uh, it was, uh, it was terrific. Of course, you know, with Bill, he, he, again, you know, it's uh, he's in the hall of fame and uh, uh, he, he got going and, uh, and, and really involved in the organization. Ultimately, uh, you know, I don't have to speak about, what he did was uh, tremendous, but uh, again, you know, back to that USFL and the ties and the entry that it gave me uh, into the USFL, uh, you know, into the NFL was uh, was great. Scott, in those first few years with the Bills, I mean, uh, pre-Super Bowl, even before you won the AFC East in 88, um, you were part of a group, kind of a unique group of individuals. I've read an interview where you said, and others said, you kind of you kind of fit in with that group on a on a personal level, which doesn't always happen with a kicker, does it? Well, uh, I can remember coming there down to Fredonia, and uh, you know who moved in was my as my roommate was uh, Pete Messelars. He just joined joining the team there, and uh, you know the, the history was rich. But we uh, we got a chance there prior to, to free agency. I think it was a, was a large part of it. Uh, to, to get in and a lot of us scrambling to, to, to make the team and put things together and get it turned around. Uh, our team that, that upcoming season, two wins, I think. Uh, Case Stevenson was a, was, was a coach and yeah. replaced by Hank Bullo. And then ultimately uh, the ship was righted when, when uh, Marv Levy came in and uh, all the signings uh, of the prominent players that uh, that, that have such a such a great you know mark there on the history of the Bills now with the Jim Kelly's and Bruce Smith's and Andre Reeves, these players that, that joined the team we, we uh, you know that was the uh, sort of the uh, <laughs> you know confluence of uh, all these all these players mixed together there and uh, that, that was really the uh, really the start. I want to ask you? You've already mentioned his name. Um, uh, Bruce DeHaven came in early in that uh, era, uh, the late Bruce DeHaven now, who became a friend of mine. What did he mean for you in your career? And uh, what sort of, what sort of, I think I know the answer to this, but what sort of a guy was he? Why, why was he a good special teams coach for that uh, Bills team? Well, uh, uh, yeah, there's two things. Why was a good coach and, uh, you know, the specialness of him, uh, two, two separate topics there. But uh, uh, I guess I'll start with, uh, with him as a, as a coach. He he just worked so hard. He was so so dedicated, uh, very detail oriented, and excited about an opportunity there to take over the special teams. And he was a real student of the game, watching the film uh, details, and uh, uh, just, just amazing his work ethic. I think that was that was primarily uh, what it what got him along. And he was he was supported by somebody that, uh, and you need that support. 
uh, by uh, Marv Levy, who really emphasized special teams as one third of the game, <laughs> one third of it. You know, you got offense, defense, and uh, special teams, and and uh, he he was true to it. But you know, that that's gave the rise to great players such as Steve Tasker and go on and on, you know, Mark Pikes and all these guys that just uh, dominated special teams. And that was, uh, you know, the, the start of it, Marv Levy supported, supported Bruce there, and uh, it was his work ethic. But, uh, you know, Bruce, to me, really, when I think back, wasn't so much uh, even the football and everything. It was just uh, uh, the quality of the man. You know, I miss him greatly. Uh, he, he had a tough thing there that, uh, that struck him. Uh, you know, with uh, with the cancer, you know, it makes me sad to, to think of it. But he first mentioned it to me was actually during the filming of the uh, Four Falls of Buffalo. We did a little segment there sitting on the steps. And afterwards, uh, you know, got a little ride ride back to maybe the airport or something like that with him. And we were together in the car and he broke it to me. He'd just been uh, diagnosed there. And uh, it really saddened me. But he, he you know, true to his uh, character, he, he stood in there and battled and uh, I just, uh, I, I dearly, dearly miss him. He, he was a great, uh, great man, great person. Uh, somebody that, uh, was just to the, to the core, uh, somebody you could depend upon and, uh, give it to you straight. I want to ask you about, um, you were with the bills in 1989, which is famous now as the year of the, of the bickering bills, they called it. You never seemed to play a role in that. I mean, were you like a spectator watching some of that going on back in 1989? How did you handle that? Uh, yeah, yes. Some of that, uh, the bickering, getting out in the out in the front and making comments here or there. It wasn't uh, wasn't the uh, uh, yeah. How should I say the, the the task for me to get out there and to be making those comments? You know, I was uh, I was I was a kicker. Yeah, oftentimes off the side and just trying to trying to lay low, concentrate, do the best I could. Uh, some of the other guys are more the uh, the spokes uh, people. The good voice of opinion who was who were you know the Bruce Bruce Smiths and you know Thurman Thomas Kelly's and uh, uh, you know part of that is their uh, their superstardom. You know you can't really <laughs> uh, you know take take umbrance with some comment they make and uh, go find somebody else replace them next week or uh, too much of an issue. You have to have to work it out and. Uh, we ultimately did. You know, I think it was one of those things that uh, was probably uh, blown out a bit more than uh, than what it should have been. But it was uh, 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 just an indication of some of the frustration. We, we knew we could do much better and be, be greater. And ultimately, uh, uh, that team was <laughs> evolved pretty quickly yeah. to pretty go quickly. on to more, got better. more Super Bowls in a row. So yep. uh, that, that bickering got uh, straightened out quickly. Yep. Pretty quickly, you got better. The next season, 1990, kind of a magical year. I'm going to go back to Super Bowl 25 in a minute, but I wondered what was going through your head. Uh, AFC Championship game, 51-3 to th uh, three, uh, win over the L.A. Raiders in uh, Rich Stadium then. Uh, you knew you were going to the Super Bowl as that game progressed. What was going through your mind at that time? Well, we, we knew we were going to the Super Bowl fair, fairly early, early yeah. in, that, in, that, in that game as it progressed. Uh, uh, it was quite an, an amazing uh, performance. Uh, you know, it's um, a game. It's funny. My my mind goes back to a little comment that Howie Long Long made. You could have you could have brought everybody in, you know down from the stands and, and put them out there, and there was just nothing that was stopping our <laughs> offense that day. It was something else. Uh, uh, you know, I wish maybe we could have uh, banked a few of those points right. uh, for for game after that, but. Uh, 
uh, wasn't the case, but we had truly uh, powerful offense. And I think uh, we ran into it there uh, later. You know, team, teams had a little bit of an answer for it, but uh, uh, there was uh, just no doubt about it. We had uh, a lot of great players and uh, an uh, ex- explosive team. Scott, you, you played one more year with the Bills and uh, another Super Bowl uh, uh, a Bills team, the 1991 team. And you, you made some big kicks, including, I recall, a – uh, a game-winning field goal in a game out west against the Raiders, right? The Bills won uh, on a field goal in the game that you won. Well, I, I won, but that was uh, probably, as I look back, probably one, one of my shakier uh, games in my my career. Had, had to win it pretty clutch, uh, I do recall, because I know it was a, it was something that really, uh, uh, really uh, marked me. Uh, you, know, you know, mentally, when I look back on my career as a real a real test. Uh, had to hit, I think it was about, you know, 40, 43, 44-yard field goal uh, for the winner there. You know, had some opportunities early. Uh, you know, the conditions were, you know, n- natural grass. You know, the L.A. stadium really really spread out, a little breeze here or there, kind of a sandy base to, to kick in. I wasn't greatly comfortable out there that day, but uh, I did get a chance to uh, to really focus and, and put that one through. So it was, uh, it was a really uh, important kick for – uh, for me uh, during my career, and, uh, and and it really, I think, helped me uh, mentally to carry carry through to some some later kicks, important kicks, uh, you know, during some playoff games to to help get us uh, back later. I had one there uh, at the, I guess then uh, Rich Stadium uh, that there was a pretty long, similar similar distance, forty forty something yards, to help us get into a into a Super Bowl there that, that following year, uh, you know, after the Giants game and. Uh, uh, so uh, had had a lot of big kicks and uh, you know on balance just a lot of uh, a lot of great success there in my career and I look yeah. back at uh, with great fondness. So let's talk about Super Bowl uh, twenty five for a minute. The Tampa Bay forty seven yard field goal to win it and and uh, it went wide right. You know I was thinking uh, Frank Reich now coaching the Indianapolis Colts was just here this past weekend and I got a chance to talk with Frank briefly and I was thinking today. If I had to be tied with someone in a historic moment that maybe didn't go so well, Frank Reich might be a, a good choice to, for a guy to be to be with me at that time. I mean, he is a special person. He was your holder, and I'm sure he was uh, very comforting after that kick, right? I'm sure he had some great things to say. Well, well, he 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 was comforting. Uh, you know, you know, Frank. He's he's as steady as they get. Yep. Uh, you know, going to see things in the right uh, right perspective. Uh, I think most most always as I knew him, and that that was the case with with many of the players uh, that I played with on that team. Everybody was was very supportive, and uh, and uh, I think I think the bottom line on that was that we uh, we in every game that we played, we won as a team, lost as a team. Uh, we all tried the best to do our parts every day. Uh, but at times, if somebody was, uh, you know, struggling a little bit, you, you pick up the slack. That's, that's what teams are about. Uh, you know, point fingers and, and you, again, win, win as a team, lose as a team. And, and I think that's, uh, that's something I'm sure that, uh, you know, Frank, uh, put to me that day and, uh, as, as did, uh, you know, many, many other players. But, uh, yeah, Frank has, uh, has had some, had some good success. He gave in uh, with a the team there. Gave the Bills a little trouble this past weekend, but team will bounce back. I have a very good sure. good team. Have been uh, been very very exciting to watch here the last couple of years. And 
uh, you know, big things will uh, will come. Uh, they're they're right in the, right in the mix again here this year. So yep. we, I wish them luck. Hey, Scott, when I think back to Super Bowl twenty five, one of and this is just my experience in post game in the locker room. I did an interview, a live television interview with you, and you were standing there answering questions. Bruce DeHaven standing by your side. And so our interview might have been five minutes. You, you took questions for almost an hour. I mean, you 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 stood up and faced the music. I, I always admired that. I thought that was pretty amazing. Well, yeah, I appreciate that, John. I think uh, people have, uh, have mentioned that since. And uh, really what that was about was, uh, was the attitude that, uh, hey, I step out there. Uh, all the glory, get a lot of uh, a lot of attention. Exciting thing to do uh, to play in the NFL as a player. Uh, and if you are playing, if you're coming back year to year, you're doing some good things. But it doesn't always work out. You, know, you have some things uh, that don't work out. You, you struggle at times, and uh, th- those are times that uh, you stand in there and face the questions as well as uh, when things do work. You, know, you make five field goals in a game, and you. And, and all the adulation, excitement, and everybody smiling, happy, jumping up and down. Easy to stand there in front of the cameras and, and do a fun interview. But uh, when things don't work out, uh, it's not time to just just fade, and, uh, walk away, and not talk about it. Uh, you know, so that's part of the game as well. And one more takeaway from that uh, from that Super Bowl, and I wasn't even here. The next day, I was kind of trying to get home from Tampa, but you and the Bills went to a kind of a civic rally on the steps of Buffalo city hall. And, um, I'll tell you, I think that was the greatest, greatest moment in Buffalo sports history with the way the fans embraced you and chanted your name when you got to the podium. I, I don't think there was ever a better moment in Buffalo sports history. Well, it, it was a great moment for sports history. Not, not so much, uh, you know, you know, for myself or anything of that nature. It was a great moment, uh, for the fans of Buffalo. And that, that's not why they were there uh, for, for themselves or to gain attention ultimately. But uh, uh, they probably at the time unknowingly were, were really, uh, uh, you know, putting it out there, showing their heart, showing the, uh, the quality of those that are there in the community, in Buffalo and local you know, communities that do support the team. The, the, the people there uh, are a little different. You know, as, as you travel around all regions of the country, everybody's got a little different uh, take on things view and their and their sensibilities are different uh, uh but buffalo is no doubt uh, uh an area a, a city uh, you know people with tremendous heart uh, you know and love for each other and support and you know they, they emphasized with me that day that they knew that i was down they knew the team was down so so what do you do you you go to the steps there uh, as you mentioned, down City Hall, and uh, and you give the team a big embrace. Uh, you don't uh, you don't turn your back and, and not be uh, with it. With they always have been, just great fans. So much tension on uh, that one moment in time, some thirty one years ago. It's a long time ago, and you've had a, a it's seemingly a, a tremendous life, a rich life, right? Uh, you've been in real estate. You've been, uh, I think, in the landscaping business. Uh, uh, you're married, three children. Things have have worked out okay since then, and even before then, right? Absolutely. Uh, you know, things have worked out. And uh, you, you mentioned uh, my wife, three kids uh, who are just great kids. They never had any, any troubles. And, and everybody that's come to know them, they, they're just uh, uh, great, solid people. And that, that's something that's, uh, that's more valuable than anything. And that, that really, again, go back to Buffalo and the people of Buffalo. I was uh, 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 you know, smart, <laughs> how should I say, or, uh, you know, uh, you know, to, to do 
Uh, one thing, the you know, greatest decision of my life was to marry somebody there from West Seneca. <laughs> uh, my wife, uh, you know, Buffalo girl. And that's, that's what it's all about. That's uh, even now after football, that's, uh, that's at the heart of it is her heart. She's just wonderful. And, and uh, that's been the, the greatest decision of my life. And she's a real treasure. And that's, that's why, uh, you know, these other things that have gone on, I think successfully, uh, wonderful family and, uh, you know, have a, have a good, good outlook on things. And, uh, and, and we're doing well down here. Thanks, John. Yeah. And, and the last thing I, I came across this quote, um, which I think applies in your case. It says the measure of a man is not his worst moments, but how he deals with those moments. You, you could probably attest to that, I would think, huh? Well, yes, yeah, yeah, so I think so. Uh, and it's a real, uh, uh, a real reveal, I think, oftentimes uh, with people and the way they react in different situations when, when they're put into you know tough, tough situation. Uh, and again, it's not so tough to, to win. Everything works out and, uh, and it's beautiful. You win, win. There's, there's no stress. Uh, you know that, that's easy. That doesn't reveal a whole lot. But but uh, when you're knocked down, as I was, you know you have a choice. Uh, you, you can let that moment define you, consume you. And uh, I, I'll honestly tell you, John, it did for a while. I took a lot of it on my shoulders, you know, individually, and it was never really uh, taking it upon myself uh, in, in that way, real hard. You know, in that it impacted me. Uh, what I felt terribly about was, was how it impacted. Uh, you know, again, those fans that I talk about are just uh, just great, great people. Uh, you know, the heart there in Buffalo to uh, to to not come through for that was uh, was very difficult for me. But but in, in time, in time, you sort things out, uh, and I did, and uh, uh, with with the great help from my teammates, especially over over time. To, to again, to, to reiterate as they did on that day, you know, you know, I could have done this guy, I could have done that, that didn't, you know, it's, you know, we're a team, you, you know, it's not, not all on you. And, uh, you know, when is a team, as we talked about, lose a team. And so, so the support was there. And then, and ultimately from the community also, as I've come back more and more uh, in these years since that uh, uh, it's always, always great. As I look back, it's just uh, great fondness and, uh, when I get together with players that I played with, it was like, uh, you know, like yesterday, we're back in the locker room again. It's just an immediate uh, rapport that we've always uh, maintained uh, amazingly. And it really, uh, really goes to, uh, you know, the core or, or, the, or the reason why I think we had such great success was uh, the quality people, as you know, from back in those days in that team. A lot of, a lot of character. That's the word. Uh, a lot of character guys. Scott, as you said, we've known each other for a while. I've always enjoyed talking with you. Thank you very much for this. Absolutely, John. Uh, great to see you. And, uh, and you know, best, best of luck here down the road. And uh, uh, nothing more to say than uh, go Bills. You're listening to Sullivan's Pro Football Kickoff with your host, John Murphy. Well, that'll do it for this week's installment of Sullivan's Pro Football Kickoff. What a great conversation I thought it was with Scott Norwood. I I always love talking to Scott Norwood, and you have to listen to what the man says. One of the brightest players I've ever come across in my uh, many years covering the Buffalo Bills, and what great perspective. I mean, yes, he's involved in uh, the biggest failure in franchise history. No question about that. 
And yet here he is some 31 years later talking about it openly, honestly, talking about how good his life has been since that time and even before that time. Scott Norwood is just a, a great guy to interview, a great guy to talk to, and I'm glad he's doing well. Sounds like he's doing well. And we wish him a happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to all of you as well. The Bills are playing Thanksgiving night, 820 kickoff against the New Orleans Saints. We'll be there calling play-by-play. Great to be back, as I said. Uh, after missing the game due to COVID, I'm fine, feel good, and I'm looking forward to the game. Looking forward to working with Eric Wood and Sal Capaccio again this uh, Thursday night. Not looking forward to missing Thanksgiving, but uh, what are we going to do? That's when we're scheduled to play, and that's when the bill, well, the Bills are scheduled to play, and that's when we'll be there. We're brought to you by Sullivan's uh, Brewing Company in Kilkenny, Ireland, the makers of Sullivan's uh, Maltings Irish Red Ale, Sullivan's Irish Gold Ale, and Sullivan's Black Marble Stout. Hope you try it sometime. We'll uh, talk more about that in future podcasts. We want to thank our producer, Pat Feldball, and we'll be back with another uh, podcast next week, so make sure you join us right here on Sullivan's Pro Football Kickoff. You've been listening to John Murphy and Sullivan's Pro Football Kickoff. It's all about the Bills and the Beards.